I'd like to thank Reverend Wall for allowing me to be here today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to speak to you on occasions, and uh, this is a very special occasion. Uh, Reverend Wall asked me to preach whatever was on my heart, whatever God was uh, leading me to say, and I'm sure I'll offend somebody here, but that's the way it is. All right. Uh, let's, let's join in prayer, shall we? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord God Almighty, world without end. Amen. So, I live in a world of denial and misinformation. Sometimes I, I have a difficult time understanding what's true and what's not true. Uh, one of the instances that I find challenging is the concept of global climate change. Is it real or is it a fantasy? Now, I've heard one politician say, climate change is a hoax invented by the Chinese to make the United States uh, uh, manufacturing less competitive. I've also heard climate change could change back again and that climate scientists are politically motivated or that the Paris Accord is undermining the U.S. economy. So I listened to all these things, and then I listened to my niece, who has two PhDs in microbiology. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Alana is her name, Dr. Alana Welsh. And she says that climate change is real and that we need to act fast to counteract the effects of carbon emissions and greenhouse gases. She says 97% of all scientists agree with this, and yet there are still naysayers. So I'm curious. I'd like to get your feedback now. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, on a scale from one to five, one means I'm not interested. Five means I'm very interested in global climate change and changing it. So if, you, if you're number one, raise your hand. It doesn't really matter. Number two, you're two. Three. Four. Five. Wow, pretty good. So I think there seems to be some consensus here that there, this is something on the horizon, is it not? So if you're concerned about global, global climate change, what are we supposed to do? Now, you're probably like me. I heard the pain in Greta's voice when she was speaking to the UN. This 16-year-old from Sweden said, The governments have betrayed young people. We are not mature enough to tell it like it is. You are failing us. The eyes of all future generations are upon us, on a, upon us. And if you choose to fail us, I say, we will never forgive you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. Wow. Now, I hear the pain of that. Now... Perhaps you've read the UN report that says uh, one million species of plants and, and animals face extinction in the coming decades, and that this catastrophic state of affairs is, direct, is a direct result of human activity. 97% uh, of all scientists, as I said, agree, but 40% of the United States population doesn't agree with that. 
I wonder why there's so much resistance. Perhaps it has to do with emotions, finances. Perhaps it's the fact that we'd probably have to change some of our behavior. After all, the climate has, is very complex and it's so difficult. Why should we be concerned about it? So what if it's just a little bit warmer? So what if there's a few more storms hitting Houston, Texas? The government cost is expected to be quite high to counteract these things. And yet there appears to be an immediate need and cha- to change, but... It seems to be so gradual, and therefore we don't have to do anything about it. But today, I'm not going to talk about that particular event. What I'm going to talk to you about is the Scripture. The Scripture says, Behold, a new heaven and a new earth. Right? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more you know in this scripture today oftentimes we misinterpret the scripture thinking that god is going to take this world wrap it up like a like a a a wad of paper and throw it in the wastebasket and start all over but that's not necessarily true and he, he who is seated on the throne, verse 6, I am recreating all things. And he added, write these words down, for they are trustworthy and true. The word is kinezo, which means to renew. Renew. In the Old Testament passage, which we read earlier, we heard about the first creation when man was made it says and god said let us make man in our own image in the likeness of ourselves and let them be the masters of the fish of the sea the birds of the heaven the cattle and all the wild animals and all creatures that creep along the ground we are to be written down as if we are in the image of God. In the Greek, it is imago dei. The imago dei. We are the imago dei. The image of God. Walking around. Men, women, children. Everyone in this congregation is the imago dei. And in Genesis chapter 2, God places the man in a garden to take care of the garden, to till the garden. Not to tear up the garden, not to pull out the plants, not to destroy the place, but to take care of the garden. Now Jesus encourages his disciples to be a servant in the image of God, taking care of people. And in Matthew 25, it's an absolutely beautiful illustration. In the final judgment, God will call all the nations before him and he shall and the son of man will sit on his glorious throne and he will shep, separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he shall put all the sheep on his right hand and he'll say come ye o blessed of my father inherit the kingdom of God which was prepared for you from the foundation of the world 
For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. Then he turned to those on his left hand side, the goats. He said, away from me, you wicked ones, into the eternal flames prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. I was sick and I was in prison and you did not come to me. But Lord, when did we see you hungry and not give you food? I would have gone to McDonald's. When were you a stranger and we didn't welcome you in? Was that you by the curb the other day? I didn't see the word Jesus on your lapel. I was sick, I was in prison, and you didn't come to me. Away from me, you wicked ones, and into the eternal flames. But the righteous into eternal life. So what's the difference between the sheep and the goats? It's all in what you do. Action. We are here to act on behalf of creation to be the Imago Dei, to recognize the Jesus that is sitting all around us and to act so that God's kingdom will be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Challenging words. Challenging words. So somehow we are becoming co-creators with God. We are mixing together, making a difference. The challenges ahead of us are great. But global climate change is not necessarily the greatest problem we face. The greatest problem, in my opinion, is isolation. We, as we get closer and closer to this future, and we increase in our prayer life, and we become increasingly tense with one another, it becomes increasingly important to not be isolated, to live in fear. Did you know that in the Bible it says over 2,000 times, do not be afraid? Right? We remember that. Don't be afraid. God is with us. You are the in the Imago Dei. You're part of God. And you're special. So, what can we do as a congregation? I would like to make a simple suggestion. Flash prayer. When you see something, hear something on the radio, on the TV, driving in your car, thinking of nothing, you're going, I would like for you to, to begin doing flash prayers for the blue ocean, for the blue water. Love that blue water. All the beauty within that to make it clean and clear and recreate that beautiful blue water. God is calling us to reach out to the creation and pray for
for the creatures and the creation that we are part of. Today, we are here not only to reach out to the world, but we are here to reduce the, the harmful effects that we place into the world. Now, I'll be honest with you, it's a challenge. There are a few things I'll let you know I'm doing. Perhaps you'd like to do the same. I've begun insulating my house because the temperatures will continue to increase. I am driving a uh, hybrid electric car, a plug-in hybrid. Uh, Not all of you can do that, I recognize, but you can reduce the amount of miles that you're driving. You can also do things like uh, look at a website called Drawdown which offers uh, 100 uh, suggestions of how we can reduce and reverse climate change. Drawdown, if you Google it, will take you on uh, a path of what you can practically do. Okay? Now, my, my niece, as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Alana, she's, she's a microbiologist, and she works for a large corporation. And what she's doing is putting more nitrogen into the soil through microbials as a composting material. I know it's probably more than what most people want to know. It's a small part of it, but uh, there's a list of things that you and I can do. But as a church, the most important thing is for us to reach out to the community that's isolating themselves it's just putting themselves into the computers or, or not even recognizing the importance of a community we have here. The church is a beautiful thing. It is absolutely gorgeous because what we do here is we talk about God's love. We, we recognize the importance of the image of God that is coming in and out of these doors. We are taking care of the precious resources that are available to us and we're making an impact in the world through Jesus Christ. We can't do this alone. We need God's grace.